Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the hashtag adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Welcome to Growing Up Sucks. Please, just tell me about it, right? <laughs> if you have a Growing Up Sucks story to share and you have potential help maybe for other young adults, get in touch. Today, Cassidy and I talk about how she dealt with the death of a first close family member or friend when she became a young adult. And everybody has to go through this at some point. And I talked to her about the fact that three of my grandparents died while I was in college. So I offer some advice and then we discuss how this has led her to think very carefully about her chosen career and the advice she has for other young adults. Hi, Cassidy. Uh, welcome to the program today. I understand you've got a topic you want to talk about. Yeah. Hi. Um, my name is Cassidy. I'm a junior here at IUP. I'm an English ed major and I have a journalism minor and I will also be getting a certificate to teach ESL when I graduate. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about um, how to deal with losing a family member or somebody you're really close to whenever you're in school, because it can be really hard, um, especially when you don't really know how to navigate through all of that. Yeah, I think it's a great topic you brought today. Uh, One of the things that... um, I don't think people realize that young adults experience this very deeply because when they're really young, they're kind of sheltered from that. They don't quite understand the significance of a death in the family. And then they they get to 18 to 20 to 23. And and this really hits them hard if it's the first one. When you're older like me, you've been through a few. and, And I think it's easier to deal with once you've been through a few. But that young adults get that first real you know feeling of grief that comes and i'll tell you right up front my three of my four grandparents died while i was in college so i i know what you're talking about but tell me a little bit about what happened so um it's actually almost a year ago today um i lost my nana she passed away on halloween 2019 um and i had never lost anybody of such monumental impact in my life before i had lost like great grandparents and great aunts and things like that but people i wasn't super close with um and i think because of that i didn't know how to handle the loss i didn't know how to deal with the loss um i was in the library when my mom called me i remember sitting in one of the booths over by on the wall and this is a very weird memory that i have but a girl dressed as princess leia came over and started to calm me down because I had ended up hyperventilating after my mom, you know, called me and gave me the news. She was dressed as Princess Leia because it was Halloween. Everybody was dressed up. Um, I can't even tell you who she is. I didn't even get her name. Uh, I couldn't even pick her out of a lineup today, but I can't be more thankful for her because she truly helped me calm down. I was getting very panicked. Um, But it was... It was hard. We knew she was dying. She was in hospice for about eight weeks. Um, she was just slowly progressing. It was a really rapid up, down, up, down um, cycle. And the following days after getting that phone call were a dark blur. I had to go home. Um, and I was home for about a week because we had to do split services. My grandma is from Aliquippa and we live in Johnstown. So she was getting buried in Aliquippa. That's where her family was. And they have all family plots there. So we had to do a service in Johnstown and that was on a Friday. And then we had to do a service on Monday in Aliquippa. So I was home for like 
over almost a week. And what I thought was really weird is we got all this food. I don't know what is up with that. Like, yeah, many, many cultures do that. I, not all do, I think, but I think many of them do. They provide food at a time like that. So you're relieved yeah. from having to cook or meal plan or, or clean up. Um, they do that when you have babies too. I found out in the South and I live down <laughs> in Georgia. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a great way for the community to show their support for you basically. But you yeah. went through some dark days, but you, but you got better now. It's a year later. I did. Yeah. Um, the days were hard after, um, I mean, I had already suffered from depression. I was, I handle it very well, but it got really bad after and I, I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. I barely showered. My roommate would have to be like, Cass, come on. You got to go wash your hair. Like, let's go. And she, she was wonderful. Yeah. She was there to help me, you know, work through that hard time. Um, and school kept piling up because my world stopped, but college didn't. Life around me didn't stop. Um, and I feel so that the grief was horrible because I didn't know how to grieve. I didn't know how to cope with the sadness and the feelings that I had. Let me talk this out with you then. So I want the, our listeners to gain some knowledge from this experience that you went through. So I'm gonna say a couple of things and you tell me if they resonate with you, if they seem like they connect. So I, I think when you first get that kind of news, I think people need to take some time and just breathe. Yeah. They need, they need to get control of just their basic bodily functions and, and not, not try to talk to somebody until you've got that control and you can talk and you can formulate words and you can get out there and say you know, what you might need from people to help you out. I'm so glad that Princess Leia was there to give you some help <laughs> in the library that day because a lot of us, we're going to need that right away. For sure. Um, I think that's one thing I should have done. I know right after I got the news and she calmed me down, I packed up my stuff and I went back to my apartment. But in that walk to my apartment, I think I called four different people and told them all about it. I called my boyfriend. I called my um, grandma on my dad's side. I called my dad because my parents are divorced. And I called my aunt, I think. Like, I called all these different people because I, I needed to tell people. Yeah. And I couldn't formulate words. I was just aggressively crying on the phone with them. And I think if I would have taken the time to process what had happened and let myself not accept it, but calm a little bit before I made those phone calls, I would have been able to talk a little bit better. I think with people um, who haven't been through it enough time don't realize that grief comes in waves. Yeah. And you can let that wave roll over you, and then it's going to be better for a while. You might get it again, obviously. Mm -hmm. So that, that first wave is just going to be a shock. Your system is, can't handle it. If you take some time to just let that wave occur and cry it out then you're ready to talk then you can reach out to people i think that's kind of what my first piece of advice is did you um did you end up telling your teachers and uh work i think that's another step to take early on in the process so that they know what's going on yes i did actually um it was a Thursday, and I know this because I tutor for the Writing Center here, and I had to tutor in the library on Thursday nights from 8 to 11. So one 
the other immediate phone calls I had to make was to my supervisor to tell her I couldn't work my shift that night. There was no way I was going to be in the right mind space to tutor. Um, and they gave me off as much time as I needed yeah. at the right center. And it's immediately when I came back to IUP and I went back for my first shift, um, there was a card waiting for me from everybody. And it really touched me. I did reach out to the professors that I would be missing classes from. I only had to um, provide an obituary for one professor because some do ask for that if you're missing things. And that's because I was going to be missing an exam. Um, different professors have different policies. Yeah. I want people to know that. Um, some like myself require paperwork for any kind of excused absence, no matter what it is. Some phone call or an email suffices. It really varies. So always be on the safe side and grab the paperwork. You know, it could be an obituary notice. There's a piece of paper that they usually hand out at the funeral. You can take that and explain. If the name doesn't match, you can explain that's my mom's side of the family. So the names are changed. And you might travel. You said you had to go travel back. So that's another thing to alert all these people in your environment that you might disappear for a week in your case. You don't want roommates. You don't want workers. You don't want professors not knowing where you went to. Yeah. I mean, I didn't leave Thursday night. I left Friday morning. My mom did not want me driving Thursday night. She was like, you are not coming home Thursday night. You are not in the right mind space to be yeah. driving an hour. Um, so I left Friday morning and I came back to Indiana, I think Wednesday. So I was gone for almost a week. Okay. Well, the other thing I want to make sure that uh, our listeners understand is that you got to take care of yourself, right? So how did you... You, you, in your earlier story, you said you didn't shower, you had your roommate, had to remind you, you didn't eat. I, I just want to put on the table that these are things we all have to keep doing, even in grief. We have to eat. We have to try to sleep. We have to take showers. We have to change our clothes, right? <laughs> Eventually, that came back, right? It did. It comes back. It's hard to think that it will because in the moment, you don't think it will, but it does. Um and I honestly think it was my roommate. She showed me normalcy. She, you know, when she would cook dinner, she would cook enough for me and make me eat. Um, if I would come back from class, there would be a change of clothes sitting on my bed. So she helped me begin to get back into a normal routine and helped me get out of that hole I dug myself into. Yeah, and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on, say, the stages of grief. Most people have heard about that from a TV show or movie. Kubler-Ross is famous for that. So denial, anger, uh, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Those are some of the things that some of us go through. I don't think we all have to go through it identically. We don't even have to go through it in that particular order. But uh, it, it's, it's part of the process. And I think the important point is that it is a process that you still have to take care of yourself throughout the whole thing and use your support system to do that. Yeah. You Having a support system behind you is one of the best things. Um, and my mom and my aunt both checked in on me multiple times. And to me, that was a big deal because they lost their mom and I lost my grandma, but they were more concerned about me because it was the first person in my life that I had lost that had a huge impact on me. And I think that's fantastic. But I, I want to point out, not everybody has got that kind of support system. So if you don't have that 
being handed to you, I think you have to learn how to reach out for it. So if you're, let's say you're a single child and you don't have a big extended family or something, you can call on your friends. You can just let them know what you need. You just have to say it out loud. You know what I need? I just need you to check on me once a day. That's, that that would be the minimum that I need. Thank you for your sympathy, but um, I just want to know that the people are there and, and they're supporting you. So I want to say that to some of our students as well. You know, I don't know if you felt any of this, uh, but I'm going to bring it up because I know I felt guilty. I went four hours away for college and I missed the last few months of my grandmother's life. And they grew up two doors down from me. So they were such an important part of my life. And I felt guilty and maybe even a little bit angry that I didn't get to spend that time with her. Did you have anything like that? That was probably the biggest part of my grieving was the guilt. It consumed me. Um, so one thing I have not addressed yet is that my grandma, my grandma had um, MS, which is multiple sclerosis. So she slowly progressed from being able to walk to a walker to a wheelchair. And then that ended up leading her to be in a nursing home. And that ultimately deteriorated her health. And um, also my mom and my aunt both have it. So it kind of runs in, it runs in my family. We all kind of know what it's like. And just not being there with her those last couple months, not being there for my mom. You know, my mom was losing her mom. My mom's a single mom. And to not be her support system during that time was really hard. I was here in Indiana. I wasn't home. I felt guilty for not being home to be with her. My sister's 14. She had lost her third grandma, grandparent at the time. Both of her dad's parents have passed on and she just lost her Nana. So she's 14 years old and has lost three grandparents. And I felt guilty for not being there for my younger sister. I felt so guilty for almost going on with such a normal college life while all of this was happening at home. I, I want to I address that. A lot, a lot of young adults are going to feel the exact same way you felt. I, I felt that way. I think I want to encourage you to let that go. You know, it's not going to do you any good. It isn't your fault that your grandmother died. And you, you have to progress. It's part of your life's path. And she could have died two years earlier, 10 years later. You are always going to be doing something. You're always going to be moving forward in your life. And you can't change the past. You know, getting yourself all worked up about the past over and over and over again just makes the present unlivable. And we can't change the past. We have to let that go. And same with any anger that you might have had. Instead, you know, relish the memories. Enjoy the things that you remember about that relationship. And that's how you can add a positive to the present. Instead of carrying forward, you know, a lot of guilt and anger about something that you couldn't control over and you can't change. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that's something that I've really been working on coming up on tomorrow being a year since we've lost her is letting go of that guiltiness that I felt I have been feeling of not visiting her as much and not seeing her as much because I know she's living on in what I'm doing and living on in the ways that I'm living my life. And I am proud yeah. of that. Talk to me about that. So what, what was the impact of your grandmother on your life? 
what is not the impact of her on my life? Let me tell you. So she babysat me as a little girl. I would go over to her house and we'd play anything under the sun. Um, It's kind of ironic. She ended up being in a nursing home because we would play what we call Shady Pines a lot, where she'd pretend to be in a nursing home. Um, Yeah, that was fun. But we played school all the time where I was the teacher. She was my student. I would make her spell her spelling words wrong so I could correct her tests. I would make her write essays. But at that time, I didn't know how to spell the word essay. So it was just the letter S and the letter A, because that's how I thought you spelled essay. Um, And I think that's where I decided I wanted to be a teacher. And that's what I'm going to school for, because she fostered that learning in me and that creativity is a six-year-old girl after school wanting to be a teacher. So there I, here I am. You know, that's a fantastic story. And I'm so jealous that you know where you want to be at such a young age, because there's so many people your age who don't, people my age who still don't know what they want to be when they grow up. But let's talk about that for just a minute so that uh, we end in a different direction than grief. You know, choosing a career is something that a lot of young people are doing right about now. And I, I do have some things I'd like to share with that. So, for example, I think a lot of young people try to get too specific right away. It's 17, 18, 19, 20. I think you just got to move in a general direction because you're going to find over time what you like and you may not know that yet or even what you're good at yet because you haven't tried really that many things by the age of 17 to 22. So yes. that's that's one piece of advice. Now, you, you fell in love with teaching. You've had a chance to do a little bit of practice teaching so far. So, you know, yes. it's been confirmed for you that this is something you know you want to do at this stage. Oh, I love it. Um And don't get me wrong, I have had changes in my path. For a long time in high school, I wanted to be a lawyer. And then I was in my senior year of high school, I had an epiphany moment. And I was like, Cassidy, what the hell are you doing? This is not what you want to do. Um, And so then I went back into being a teacher. You know, a lot of this also is figuring out what you don't want to do. And that takes experience, right? I think another- looking down the road and seeing, trying to picture yourself down the road as what you want to do and looking at what you're doing right now and seeing, am I going to be happy doing this 20 years down the road? Because if you're not happy with what you're doing, then it's not worth it. Well, I'm going to reiterate that. The important point I want to establish is don't do it just for the money. Yeah. Because uh, you're not, you're not living your life so you can retire. (laughs) No, this, the journey is the life. It's what you do for these 30, 40 years. And, and on a phrase I want to share with you is, it doesn't matter what you do, it's why you do it. So yes. when, you, when you have an objective, like I want to touch the lives of young people and help them grow into, into better adults, that's your why. What just ends up being teaching? It could be some other exactly. venue. And I, I think that's important for everybody to decide why. Then they get to the what secondary. And mm-hmm. I want to point out, you said that you adapted and evolved. You're going to adapt and evolve in your career many times very likely particularly your generation so don't stress about that career choice too early on i mean 18 to 23 you try one and if it isn't what you like you move into something else i've switched careers at least five times and i'm very happy about that and uh i liked everything i did every time i started it and then i found something else i really wanted to do more and that's an evolution that we all kind of go through in today's career place as of right now I could like right now I want to be a high school English teacher 
10 years from now, I could still be a high school English teacher. I could be a high school principal. I could be on the track to being a college professor. I could be completely switching tracks and pursuing my minor and be a journalist. Who knows? Exactly. And I'll tell you what, on a different program, we'll talk about some practical tips for job hunting and getting the job that you want and things of that effect. But there's just, just not much time that we can get through into this one. I just want to uh, also kind of wrap up with this point. I've studied the topic of well-being. We'll have a whole episode on that. But well-being is what you ask people like, how do you, what's it like to kind of be satisfied with the life that you have? And you ask these people who are in their uh, 70s, 80s, 90s. And there's, there's certain things that they say are truly, truly important. One of those is your health. So take care of your health in all ways. Having community, being connected to the people around you, having family and friends, and being financially sustainable or livable was the only criteria. You don't have to be rich. You just want a livable wage, something that you can kind of make work for your lifestyle. And uh, that's the most important parts of this. So we'll get into the well-being, I think, on a different show. Cassidy, I really appreciate that you came on today and talked about this personal topic with me and, and shared what you've learned. Yeah, any, any last words you want to say to our young people out there? I just want everybody to know that even if you're grieving right now or maybe you're going to speak, that it's going to be okay. It's probably not going to feel like it's going to be okay, but you will be. Um, Everything happens for a reason. I'm a solid believer in that. Um, your heart will heal. Time will heal. And just hold on to those happy memories because they're what's going to keep you going. That's really excellent advice from another 20-year-old. Thank you very much, Cassidy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 